Welcome to the Empowering Health Journeys podcast, the podcast that just might challenge your association between the diagnosis and the prognosis, where you might be inspired to try a new superfood, supplement, or herb. Please understand we do not assess, diagnose, treat, prescribe, or cure. We do encourage you to consider what possibilities today's topic might add to your health and wellness journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Empowering Health Journeys podcast. And I am super excited for this week's guest. She's a, she's like halfway around the world from where I am, which is really cool. The people I've gotten to meet. Connie Ma. Connie, welcome to Empowering Health Journeys podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much, Lana. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, coming all the way from Melbourne, Australia, it's, uh, it's amazing what technology can do nowadays. Isn't it? It's very much so. How long have you lived? Were you born and raised in Australia? Yes, born and bred in Australia. Um, but if you ever saw me, uh, I am actually kind of a tanned Asian looking girl as well. So <laughs> with an Aussie accent. So, yep, that's me. <laughs> Sorry, bit of a mixed bucket then. Where did your parents, are your parents born in, uh, born in Australia as well? No, they migrated from Hong Kong and China uh, about 40 years ago or 40 plus years ago. So, Well, there you go then. So you were born in Australia. I'm yes, correct. Being on your age. I don't know your age, but I'm speculating. Good guess, Lana. Good guess. Whew. I, I, I dodged the bullet on that one. <laughs> Very cool, Connie. Tell me about Connie. Tell me about your journey, please. Little kid, what did your parents do? Go for it. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't sure which story would you like me to tell. Um, you pick. Yes. <laughs> well, it was actually quite stressful. Parents, uh, we grew up in a um, Asian restaurant, really. Uh, parents would uh, own a Chinese restaurant and um, they work seven days a week. And um, I, yeah, grew up either defrosting the fridge <laughs> or freezer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was child labor. And um, yeah, I guess it's work, work, work and, and never play. I think we, my parents had one day off a year. Um, and just, you know, and uh, yeah, that was Christmas Day. And um, but yeah, so when they sold the restaurant, we, I, 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 it, was such a, it was such a foreign concept of actually finishing school and what? We didn't have to go to work. Like, wh what do I do? What do people do in this time? I had no concept and, and that was the age of hmm, 13 or 14. So I had no concept of uh, playing outside after school uh, all throughout my, I think you call it the elementary um, school age. So yeah, that was different. And um, yeah, so that, that's kind of my childhood story, I guess, in terms of what I grew up with. Um, so it's always high stress levels really, because uh, being a small business, um, parents were working long hours. Um, so I guess as an adult, I value a quality of life. Um, still learning not to work too hard, <laughs> but, um, and, uh, and well, actually my parents sold the restaurant because they were actually having an unexpected child. So at the age of 14, I became, um, a, big a second sister. mother. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. So um, yeah, I know we, we, I know you dodged the bullet of my age, but um, so um, during my twenties and thirties, um, um, I, I was a parent to to my uh, sister because um, my, my father passed away uh, when she was five. Oh. So 
yeah it's uh but you know i i yeah i guess everyone has a story but um so in terms of stress management and, and um taking care of oneself and um juggling the pressures of of paying bills and um having a balance of emotional mental health um and having sufficient rest and the implications of that they're all um yeah they're they're all learnings and and uh experiences um that uh that we've had and uh, i guess it uh, wasn't easy but um it's through those experiences that i found yoga and, and mindfulness and um tools that and to help with stress management and um keeping on top or maintaining a certain level of health um, on all levels, right? So trying to the balance, the balance. And I always look at the balance as not literally a stagnant balance. I look at it much more so as the um, teeter totter that that as long as I'm not bouncing hard on one end or the other end um it's kind of like the kid that abandons ships and decides to go play in the swings it's like no i'm coming down hard um if you can find that that gentle movement of balance and, and that that constant readjustment of a little of this a little of that a little of this and then oh i better add a little more of that and so how were you introduced to yoga just out of curiosity um i mind you i yes my first class was in when i was 13 and um i hated it <laughs> my friend she was older yeah well she she was 16 and she was going into like the final years of, of high school and um she wanted to learn some stress management tools so she was curious about yoga and she said hey come along with me and it was it was boring and then we had to do this weird stuff where we had to get tissues out and clear our nose nasal passages uh, in order to do some breathing techniques oh, i was just looking at the clock so yeah <laughs> well and how many different versions of yoga are there there's a hot there's oh god i can't even think what they're called but some are faster some are slower so within that if one of the listeners is going oh somebody else who hates yoga well, actually connie i think actually really enjoys it she just didn't like the first experience but please understand there is more than one version so connie but give us some idea of how many different versions there is I think the last time I counted, there was about 20 odd. Um, so there's just like anything, um, there's all different uh, styles and, um, uh, and I've taught a lot of them as well, like from your relaxing yoga nitra where you don't do anything physically to like Bikram, which is heated to um, 38 degrees. Um, oh, that's Celsius. I'm not sure. What is that Fahrenheit? Is it a hundred or so? You're good. We're in Celsius. Oh. We're metric. So it's good. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, so yeah, so it's really hot. Like, God, that is warm. I've never done hot yoga. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm not ready for it till I get my uh, iron levels balanced out so that I don't have a low blood pressure crash right at the wrong minute. 38 degrees, 20 plus. See, so to all the listeners, if you're going, oh, I hate yoga, maybe you didn't enjoy one version, but there's 19 more versions to try. And I really encourage you 
to listen, keep listening in because Connie's going to talk to us more about yoga nidra in a moment. But I want to hear more about this yoga journey and how you added all these buckets. What do you do for life? What, what's your business? Right. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> uh, I help, yes, I help people to fall asleep. I put people asleep. That, that sounds great. Um, no, but I guess more helping uh, families to be more relaxed, calm, confident. Um, so helping them if they're feeling a bit overwhelmed, um, anxious or stressed out. So it's really um, helping others to, yeah, feel more calm and relaxed. And so then they can be the best that they want to be, whether it be school, work, family, relationships, you know. So do you still lead yoga sessions? And, and do you do the same style, whether you've got adults or little people in the room? So yes, I still run sessions. Um, so you run sessions, but also train other yoga teachers. So there's a lot of, um, within that bucket of yoga, there's, there's a lot of things that's happening. To teach children is, is very different. Um, I mean, when adults want to do yoga, they want to relax, they want to stretch out their bodies so they don't have the aches and pains. Um, so they can sleep better. Whereas children, they don't have as many aches and pains. If you, if you make them sit too long, they're, they're bored out of their brains. It's, can we go now? <laughs> yeah, so it's very different. And um, children's yoga is very specialized and that's why I train uh, people in that. Yeah, so there's all different styles to cater for everyone's uh, needs and wants, which can always be different too, right? Yes, very much so. Okay, so you do this helping families in several different ways. What kind of training do you have behind that? So you've, yoga and yoga nidra is obviously one or two or three components of that. What else is part of that bucket of helping families? Like stress management courses. Um, yeah, so stress management, confidence building, uh, social emotional uh, awareness and, um, and management. So it's uh, all, so I think they like I would I did a talk on resilience, and resilience was about it's not something that you're born with, but it's uh, it's also recognizes that everyone gets stressed. But the difference with the person that has resilience is that they've got the tools to manage their emotions and their thoughts and how their body responds uh, to the situation um, that is different. So I think anything. So it, those the in my bucket has all those tools um, that to help others to shift from being overwhelmed and anxious and out of control in their thoughts or, or their feelings or emotions, big emotions, small emotions, no emotions, feeling numb, like all of those emotional states and how to handle that. So I guess it's interesting that um, you ask because it's not just the physical yoga where it's just about stretching and fitness. You know, it's it's so much more about our internal posture of how do we hold ourselves uh, mentally and emotionally. And that's what really shifts. Like if a person is confident, yes, their body will reflect it, but the body won't follow until the mind and, and their internal posture uh, is solid and strong. Yes, yes, very much. Oh, I love it. So do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching exclusively? Obviously, you made the comment about a talk. Do you do group coaching? Are you on Facebook with lives? Where do you present this information at? 
Uh, yes, great question. Um, all of the above. It's like tick, tick, tick. Yes, we're um, doing Facebook Lives um, to help. I guess in these times, it, it's uh, there's a lot of stress and anxiety. And uh, for those who are stuck at home in Melbourne, we were just starting to um, ease the restrictions, and, but we have been in lockdown for a good six months. So, um, and so there's a lot of families that are, um, have um, had a lot of stress and a lot of emotions whilst they've been cooped up with their children and trying to work and create that balance, right? Balance was always a challenge without COVID, right? So um, it's just added another layer. Yes. And, um, and then like you know, other countries where they like, like yourselves, like you're, you're only going into lockdown now. So there's... Yeah, they're a whole different layer, a whole different intensity per se of our lockdown has just been announced. So, so we do Facebook Lives to help the families and um, that's pretty much close to it on a daily basis. Uh, and then I also help families in terms of having a, running a personalised stress management program for parents if they need. We have the uh, online membership. It's a family yoga membership where the children get their classes, but the parents actually get their personalized program. So just really uh, holistically supporting families in however way that we can uh, through technology so we can reach out to families and be in their lounge rooms um, just with a click of a button. So that's pretty amazing. That It is amazing. So um, to all the listeners of this podcast, then please know that within the description of the podcast, there will be some information of how to reach out to Connie, how to connect with her. That's part of what we do here at Empowering Health Journeys is empower individuals' journeys. And it's just as it says. I know that's silly, but that's exactly what we're trying to do. And so that's one way to reach out. Connie does cis yoga nidra, and we're going to talk about that more in a minute. There's also the opportunity to hear her lead us through that and Connie and I are working out the final little details on that aspect. Um, I am leading a it's called a season of Zen and it's all about reducing that overwhelm. It's all about taking that anxiety and overwhelm and changing it into a peaceful ease. That is my goal for families, for individuals is to find that balance of calmness and knowing that it is the teeter-totter. It's it's not a stagnant state. Um, we are human beings and we will react to news and events and what else is happening, but the bucket of tools to bring us back to, per se, the phrase of center, of calmness, of the ability, the res I love the word resiliency and how you explained that. Thank you. So with that, give our listeners, what is yoga nidra? Because that's probably the more uncommon. Most of us have heard of yoga and we think it's stretching and, and movements and contortionists and whatever else it might be. I always laugh and go, for me, the greatest opportunity in yoga is my balancing. Where did yoga nidra come from? Because there's no movement. It's very quiet. So help us out. Absolutely. Well, let's go to the um, to understand the first definition of what yoga is. I think in the Western world, we we, we associate it with the physical exercise, um, but it's uh, the actual translation. Yoga means union, and it means connection. 
So okay. So we're connecting, and so if we take that approach, and it's like, what is yoga nidra? Is actually connection uh, with ourselves on a deeper level. So uh, yeah, so yoga nidra is, and you might hear yoga nidra um, connected with meditation, mm-hmm. and what's the difference? Meditation. So they said that I mean in yoga history, without boring the uh, the audience, so where they taught yoga to um, teenage boys um, in India because they couldn't sit still. So they had to do the physical side. Um, And then they would actually go and be still. Oh, yes. They had to get, they had to get the, I'll call it the wiggle worm out of them. They had to get that movement um, expressed, dealt with so that they could stop the wiggles for the control, manage the wiggles, get out of that headspace for a few. I get it. I've raised a boy. I get it. Yep. Okay. Yoga Nidra is about the the stillness. So through the physical side to the meditation, meditation, there's, there's many levels of that, but in essence, it's to train the mind to focus on one thing. And so that's the first level of meditation is when you're able to focus your mind on one thing, and that might be through a mantra, it might be through sound or your senses, um, it might be an audio uh, relaxation, whatever it may be. And then you get to a state of being. Have you ever woken up um, from being asleep or, and you actually had to, for a moment, you actually had to wriggle your fingers to just to feel your hands again or feel your body again? Like, it, like you're in this particular state where you actually didn't notice or connect with your body. And so yoga nidra takes you to a similar state to that. It's a deep sleep state. And by connecting to you, by going to that state at quicker. So normally if you're sleeping, um, it takes a while, right? To get to that state, you know, so for some people it might be quick, others it might take hours. And so by learning the tools to focus your mind and, and to relax your physical body um, and that can obviously help with insomnia and, and all these other um, issues um, and to be able to detach their thoughts so they're learning to focus their mind and quiet their mind because we call the monkey we call the mind like a monkey mind and there's all these monkeys hanging you know hanging out and they've got all these great ideas but that's not helping us to sleep by actually helping us to focus our mind and detach from those thoughts we're able to um, reach this sleep-like state and as we practice that, and that's what yoga nidra is, is, is to be able to practice this, mm-hmm. this tool, this technique, mm-hmm. and you can get to a deep state a lot quicker. And then when you're actually able to get to that state quicker at a deep state, then a quick 30 or 40 minute um, session of nidra can be equivalent to even like two hours of sleep because you, when you wake up, you feel refreshed. So, I mean, who's woken up in the morning and you've had like more eight hours or more of sleep, but you don't feel refreshed. Yep. And that can be due to your, your quality of sleep, which is like you, maybe your body hasn't been able to relax fully or your mind, you're still thinking about what's happened in the day or your worries or even the emotions that you've been um, attached to. If there's um, been an argument or you're feeling frustrated with something and you haven't been able to resolve that, then you're holding on to all of that and so you're unable to go to a deeper state because you, your subconscious mind is still stirring over whatever's happened throughout the day. That's so cool. 
and and that whole idea of to say it two o'clock in the afternoon. I okay, as an example, I've dealt with adrenal fatigue and I can remember hitting a wall two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I could be working at the computer and within three minutes, all of a sudden my head is bobbing down and I'm like, oh my God. Like if I put my head on the desk, I'd be out like a light. Now, obviously I couldn't have done that done yoga nidra at work, but now while I work at home, I am probably better off to go to my yoga mat, go to the couch, go to the chair, and take a 20, 30 minute yoga nidra session and really get that power time in so that I get the refreshing rest that my body is looking for. So it's 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 a very interesting you're just hearing the sound in the voice, but the, the body has no need to move or, um, how else would you describe what happens? Well, in the sleep right state, like it slows down your, the wavelengths in your mind. Like, you know, you can see the actual brain waves. Um, there's actual, uh, evidence of the brain waves, um, slowing down, um, helps you to balance your left and right brain. Um, so it's a whole reset, really. Like, you know, when you, you, when you go to sleep and you expect to wake up refreshed because you're, you're expecting the body to reset itself, re-collaborate, and that's what it does. Mm-hmm. And then when you wake up, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're able to unwind properly and get to that deep state through Yoga Nidra, then, yeah, all that resetting is happening. So you're rebalancing the left and right brain, rebalancing your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And so, you know, to, uh, yeah, um, so then your adrenals aren't on the go all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to power down, I think, like, even with a car, right? Like, you know, you, you, when, you fish, when you finish with your travels or at, you reach your destination, there's still a routine to be done. You know, you take the seatbelt off, you park the car, and then you turn off the engine. And it's like step by step. It's not like, oh, you park and suddenly you appear in the house, right? It's, um, but we're expecting that, you know, we're expecting that as soon as we lie down, you know, we turn off the light and, you know, there should be some sort of switch in ourselves that it just switches off. Do you do yoga nidra on yourself or have you recorded your own voice to, to help you drop down? Do you listen to yoga nidra to fall asleep at night? I guess because I've been teaching it for 15 years, then uh, it just comes naturally. So, um, yeah, so I guess I don't need to um, record myself as such, but uh, as I understand the tools and techniques. But, you know, having said that, it's always refreshing to listen to others and to see what what they've created and and how they teach it. Um, But I guess it's um, always handy when you first start out is to to listen to the guided... um, uh, messages and um, instructions to help you to relax on all levels and um, to get to that deeper state. The fundamentals of yoga nidra are what? How how does it work? Are we focusing on different parts of our body? Are we? Is it more? Does it matter much what you say as compared to us just listening to you? Like, it's not a story about Mary going up to get water at the top of the hill. Give us some idea of how Yoga Nidra is constructed, I guess. I, I think Yoga Nidra is kind of like, just like a yoga class. 
And so there's everyone will teach in a different style and format. Mm -hmm. um, so like in the physical yoga, you've got the hot yoga, there's a slow, there's a vinyasa, which is a flowing one. So there's different speeds, different environment, different temperatures. And likewise with yoga nidra. Um, so you may find uh, one teacher that would teach yoga nidra one way and it might be calming and soothing and um, it might focus on physically relaxing the body first and others might focus more on the non-physical and, and talk you through that. But obviously you, you all every yoga nidra will include that. So there'll be body relaxation, there'll be um, talking you through um, the process of your thoughts and, and uh, your emotions and how to unwind on uh, internally. Mm -hmm. And, but I guess every teacher would have a different approach in terms of how that is conveyed and what would resonate for uh, their audience as well. So I could teach yoga nidra for younger children, but that'd be very different from an adult session, right? So uh, yeah, although I'm not sure who's got the worst monkey brains at time. <laughs> Just me. different monkeys. Yeah, yeah, minor chimpanzees versus gorillas or something else. I think is what the deal is, or whatever those chattery little tiny guys are. That mine are pretty busy at moments, definitely, and they talk back. And yeah, anyways. So let's keep going on here. So if you're in listeners, if you're interested in learning more about yoga nidra, then please reach out to Connie. I think more than anything when you find the link either in the podcast or on the website empowering health journeys and you recognize within your family that there is some um stress anxiety there's some feelings of overwhelm it is so worth to reach out to connie and see what you can set up and organize, recognizing the time differences and honoring each party's situation. The more I get to know Connie, the more I understand and honor what her mission is in terms of helping families to flourish and to um, be more functional and less dysfunctional, whatever our, our definitions are on that. So let's keep going on here for a second. So Connie, one of my favorite questions is, if you were on a deserted island, which supplements and or superfoods would you hope were in your backpack or that you were able to find on the island? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um... Oh, I probably haven't touched any of that for a long time, I guess. And so I'm all for whole foods. And so I guess I, um, yeah, I haven't touched any supplements what, at all. What's some of your favorite go-to whole foods then? Just literally fruit and veggies. Um, so I love uh, spinach and, and i have fruit salads for breakfast you know so if i needed it in my backpack um i would definitely have um lots of yummy fruit because i love fruit and uh, whatever vegetables that i can get really okay um my favorite track that i play from yoga nidra is um to sing tibetan singing bowls that's played by a local artist here and uh, she's amazing and um so that, that's what i use and um, that's probably the most um <laughs> most played um 
tune on my playlist uh, is just, re yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I don't listen to a lot of other music. The best way to describe the singing bowls for anybody who hasn't literally seen, they could be crystal, um, they could be made out of uh, brass. Um, what else could they be possibly made out of? Oh, uh, quartz, is it quartz is another material? Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, they're, they're the ones that I've mainly heard of. Uh, and when it's made out of brass, there's like nine layers of metal in order to be able to create the sound. So it's not just a piece of metal and molded. Um, it's, uh, yeah, very intricately made. Um, but the sounds that it makes, it, it, they're, they're played at different frequencies, uh, just like any other musical instrument, I guess. Um, but it's known as uh, used for sound therapy and, uh, and through... Um, sing, the the sounds of the Tibetan singing bowls, um, then it actually helps uh, with yoga nidra, where it helps with sleep because it takes it, it takes a mind to a deeper state. Um, I, I can't remember. Did I say that with um, with, with yoga nidra? We shoot. Yes. Yeah, so it shifts the brain waves. So it takes you to a particular frequency. And so through singing Tibetan bowls, it actually helps and supports that and takes you there. And as you create a habit, when as soon as you hear that sound, you actually naturally go to that state, uh, and that's called anchoring. So and that helps the body to um relax quicker and then that's the equivalent of literally switching off a button for your body and mind because you created a habit that um that it knows okay when i hear this i relax yes yes so one of the ways i love to think of the um sound bowls or a sound bath as some people might refer to it is like taking a crystal wine glass or a crystal water glass and putting x amount of water in it and then wetting the edge of your finger and getting that glass to sing well we used to play around with that as kids and hopefully not break the crystal in the process of playing but so now take four five six different maybe it's the same wine glass but it has different quantities of water in it and therefore the tone is different so some is very high pitched some is very low pitched and it's an interesting resonating sound that vibration it, it's 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 different but the same as going to a hard rock concert and feeling that vibration deep within inside you this is much more palatable versus you feeling like your guts have been beaten up afterwards this this is a very soothing wonderful vibration energy sound it's i've never found it jarring in any way shape or form so I find it quite cool. You would start by having us lay down or sit or what would be the initial aspect of yoga nidra? Maybe that gives somebody an idea of, well, why am I supposed to wear and what do I need to bring? And how would you explain that to somebody who's a newbie and ready, found one in, in their community and go, okay, I'm ready to try this, but what do they need to know? What do they need to understand? 
Um, definitely being comfortable, like the clothes need to be comfortable, um, so nothing too tight-fitting, um, relaxed or loose is pre uh, preferable. It's not like your physical yoga class where you need to have tight-fitting clothes so then uh, the instructor can see your body and so to prevent any injuries. So if it's a purely yoga nature class, it's kind of, yeah, just making sure that you are comfortable. And um, if you're not, then that will play a part, right? So if you're going into a particular situation and you're feeling nervous, uh, worried about this, am I wearing the right thing? Uh, that is counterproductive to going into a yoga nidra session where you want to feel relaxed. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that when you're in yoga nidra, your body temperature will also decrease because you're not moving around. Okay, so... If it's a, if it's, I mean, here it's uh, 30 degrees today, so it will be warm. So you wouldn't wear um, as much uh, clothing to, to any location. However, it might get cold because you're lying on the floor or um, your body's not moving. So you may need a blankie. If you have any um, ailments, uh, lower back issues or anything like that. So you may want to bend your knees so there's less pressure on your back when you're lying down. Um, preferably lying down it's more common to to do it lying down meditations you might do a seated one um, but I guess you for the body to fully relax uh, it is common to to be lying down and um, being in a comfortable space I think you know it's it's hard to you know we can't relax if everything's dirty and it's like oh what was that was that, <laughs> was that a bug like you know um, so uh, Creating a sacred space is important. So if you're doing it online, then fantastic. You can create that space uh, wherever it may be for you and, and to be comfortable. And But if you're going to a class, then again, uh, making sure you are comfortable. So everyone has a different comfort level. So some people might like to bring their blankets and cushions because they're their own, and especially in COVID times. Yeah. Um, and... Um, but yeah, so you got to find what what makes you comfortable because what works for you doesn't necessarily work for others. Um, it might be an eye pillow, but eye pillows might be too heavy or uncomfortable for others. So yeah, it, it is a trial trial and error, and uh, making sure like anything, you know, um, if you try one class, make sure you try a few different teachers to find what works for you, rather than just going to one class and go, well, that's not for me, and, and, and that is it, you know. Imagine if our children did that for every sport that they did, right? Yeah, no, not going to fly, and, and that's a, that is a super good point. Play around with that and explore it some, and so with that, then I think, um, the wisdom of please try yoga nidra more than once you're able to be relaxed and calm in anything that you do um what would that be like you know if you're able to go on stage and not feel any well i mean you could feel it but that's a thing you can feel it and that's human but to be able to manage that and, and to and to shift that state really quickly how powerful would that be to be able to acknowledge it i'm feeling a bit anxious and overwhelmed but I choose and I can, I can uh, manage those emotions and choose other emotions as well to be confident, to lead, to um, overcome um, the hurdles that we have. Our lives and, and what value comes to it, the value of yoga, yoga nidra, mindfulness, meditations, for athletes to be able to focus, to be able to calm their nerves down is valuable it, it's just huge so any athletes out there anybody that is dealing with anxiety overwhelm 
really consider adding these tools to your tool bucket because of their value. Last words, Connie? Um, yeah, I, I guess, it, yeah, the, the perseverance. And it's, I hear this a lot when um, someone tries yoga and say, oh, but I can't touch my toes. And I was like, if a child says, um, hey, let, let's try um, to learn a bike. And if they said, oh, I, but I can't ride a bike. And I was like, that, that's why you're here, you know, to, to learn how to ride a bike. And so when you find that you can't sleep or I can't relax in a yoga nidra class, then that's why you're here, to learn those tools, to practice those tools. And, um, and you know, if you're able to sleep and relax in an instant or, you know, in your first session, you wouldn't be there. Right. So just keeping that in mind that uh, everything takes time. We're not a robot. We don't flick a switch and everything happens as much as you like. You know, we, it's, we're not just a swipe away of, <laughs> of being relaxed, you know, swipe left, swipe right. Um, That's right. So, yeah. And um, but imagine that yoga nidra or like we've got, uh, we introduce the basics of yoga nidra uh, with kids by our sleep made easy um guide and, and um eventually our challenge and so just you're equipping yourself with these tools so if yoga nidra sounds too much you know it's like what's that it's out there if you think about well sleep made easy imagine that if you were able to sleep as really easily what would life be like you would wake up refreshed you're able to focus, you're able to be present with who you, and enjoy the relationships that you have and respond accordingly um, and to be your best in your sports, work, whatever it may be. And that's what sleep and yoga nidra is about. It's not just it's something weird. It's about uh, learning the tools to help you to be the best that you can be. Well, it's a, it's a lifelong tool. So with that, then we'll wrap this up. So to the listeners of Empowering Health Journeys, then thank you for joining us again. I so appreciate you. And I invite you to come join us over at EHJ Let's Talk Health. You'll also find links to connect with Connie as well. And at that point in time, then I step out of that conversation and you can further explore her and family and more about yoga, yoga nidra, mindfulness, and the beautiful gifts that she brings to help others. So with that, I wish you well. Have a great day wherever you are. As we wrap up this episode, then we welcome you to check out the Empowering Health Journeys website, Facebook page, and group. On the site, you will find links for guest goodies, their info, as well as that of our advertisers and sponsors. Please feel free to share and subscribe to this podcast to stay in the information loop. And a five-star rating and review would be appreciated. We hope that you're feeling inspired because empowering health journeys, it's kind of our jam or salad. <laughs>